0: What is up Level Up Nation and welcome to the November 9th edition. Yeah, it's a Wednesday of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me Sean and I am joined as always by my partner in crime, the King of the Courtside, the Courtside King what's up joey
1: john it has been a week for both of us i feel like we have these weeks every once in a while but you're going through some changes at the office i feel like i've been (laughs) in phone calls and trainings and video demos all week for like i don't know it feels like i'm at 20 30 hours of demos so far this week uh so we have not had a ton of time to dive into gaming news but we still made it to today's show uh we do have quite a list of topics but yeah it's been it's been a week
0: are, are you referencing my coworker that just, like, up and quit yesterday? Yeah, just out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, practically out of nowhere, those. yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. anyone's looking for a job uh, who <laughs> wants to last longer than three months, let me know. Uh, fun fact, jo- Joey, this is not Indeed. Uh, we're not posting jobs here, but what we are posting is on social media, on Twitter and Facebook, at Level up Live. That is at LVLUPLive. Make sure you follow the show on social media for all the latest and greatest gaming and esports news. We update it there from time to time as well. And while you're on Twitter, you're already watching the show. You're already listening to us. You're staring at us for 45 minutes to an hour and a half. You might as well follow us on Twitter as well. Follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. If you're here live on Twitch, those are the handles right below the mugshots you're currently staring at. If you're listening to the podcast version of the show later on down the road, show notes below for you. We'll have the handles down there as well. And Nation, as always, while the live show is the place to be, normally Thursday nights at 8 p.m., Uh, Have no fear if we decide to switch it up and give you short notice, i.e. this week, or you're just busy on Thursday nights. We get it. You have other things to do. Check out your favorite podcast, your Look Up Level Up podcast. We are there for you. Extra credit. You all have Amazon Prime uh, because you're probably not watching us on Thursday night because of football, which is only on Amazon Prime. Uh, So use that Amazon Prime sub for OTN. Earn our eternal love today with a spicy Amazon Prime sub to OTN Media. All right, Joey, what are we talking about uh, today on a Wednesday edition of Level Up Live?
1: John, we're talking about a scroll through Discord. That's discord.me forward slash OTN for those who want to join. We have Final Fantasy 16 in the news, a Nintendo Indie World Showcase, Netflix adapting more and more video game films, the latest being Gears of War, as well as a TV series for that. We have Call of Duty 2023 with some more details on that front. Marvel Snap just launched a new season. Wakanda Forever, Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn MMO is reportedly in the works. We have John, our little MMO expert here as well. Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick is in the news talking about the Microsoft Activision uh, merger acquisition thing going on. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We have FIFA and their plans for their first game post-EA in terms of soccer. Uh, I mean, just there's quite a bit going on, and those are the major topics on
0: top of a few others that some PC fans will be happy about as well. Joey, um... Your Wakanda accent made Chadwick Boseman cry (laughs) in his grave. I was, like, debating,
1: do I want to do an accent? Is that going to go really poorly? And I just kind of went with, like, a hybrid
0: in between. And that's what you got, guys. um, Wakanda, uh, on behalf of OTN, we apologize. (laughs) Uh, All right, Joey, (laughs) we have our topics. I... I need a lot more alcohol than I brought on the show. Joey, uh, your drink of choice, please, for today's Wednesday show. So
1: I'm still on some, like, light painkillers working through this whole hand Lame. issue. So Agua in a
0: black bottle for Black Panther. See? Goes with the sound effects. No. No, it does not. No. um, <laughs> Disney is calling. They want to have a word with you afterwards. Uh, Joey, Uh, the... 2019 World Series Champ Cup is making a return. Uh, it's Coke Zero. I need more alcohol and paydays tomorrow, so I was planning on a Thursday show where I could stop by the AB store, ABC store, pick up more alcohol. Uh, fun fact, we moved to Wednesday, and the paycheck doesn't post until So you had 11. to stop at the AB PM. this time, it sounds
1: like? Didn't quite get the C in in time?
0: Well, Nation, that <laughs> will do it for tonight's show. I can't put up with Joey's puns anymore. We will see you all next week. Have fun. <laughs> Oh god. Uh Joey, don't don't make me. Don't don't make me do it. It it's that's all I'm asking. All right Joey, if you promise me no more puns, I will go ahead and 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 go ahead and toss it to you to start the show here. Are are you ready? Can you promise me that? Uh, I can't make any promises, but we'll see what we can do. Oh, uh, fine. All right. Well, we're we're going to take a chance here Nation. Joey, it is time for gaming and eSports news. And before we do that, it is presented as always by Gamer bite-sized gaming and eSports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. If you are here on Twitch with us, the link will be posted in the chat here. Uh, in the next five to seven seconds, Joey, I'm putting you on a time crunch. I'm going to need you to put that command in. Uh, for Nightbot, please and thank you uh, if you're listening to the podcast version we'll put the link in the show notes for you below if you want to sign up again, Gamerbytes weekly email uh, comes out Monday nights, check that out Joe. let's get into gaming and esport news let's go absolutely,
1: kicking it off is Final Fantasy uh, John, I, I'm not the biggest Final Fantasy fan I don't know if you've <sighs> played much Final Fantasy I think my Final Fantasy was like 6 or 7, uh, now they're now at 16 so they've made their way along, they have a full-fledged MMO as well now this one in particular, uh, PlayStation's paid a pretty penny for They have kind of made Final Fantasy exclusive to their platform recently. Sure, you see some older titles on Xbox, on PC as well. But when you look at a lot of these, the MMO is only on PlayStation. Uh, as far as rival consoles go, it's not on Switch. It's not on Xbox. Uh, you look at some of the older titles that are being remade, like Final Fantasy VII. That one's still not on Xbox two years after it went to PlayStation. So we're seeing more and more Final Fantasy kind of become associated with the PlayStation brand. Uh, They want to continue that. That's something Sony's willing to put money toward, and they're continuing to do that here. This one in particular, at least based on the latest trailer, we know they have six months of PS5 exclusivity. I personally think there's even more of that on the console side. I think this is just to open it up to PC. I think we're going to see six months only on PS5. Sell the unit. It'll look great for holiday sales since that should launch... I would say sometime mid to early next year. And then on top of that, once that's out, you can throw it on PC. Square Enix gets their money over there. Sony doesn't really care if it goes to PC at this point. And then you have Xbox, who I think is going to be two years down the line, and same with Switch if they ever have hardware that can support it. What are your thoughts on this? I know you and I both are not a big fan of exclusivity in general. Do you see this as a system seller? Was this worth the investment from Sony?
0: I mean, I'll be honest, probably not. I mean, Final Fantasy has made its home on Sony for, for so long, it just feels like it's just a package deal. Like, I don't, really don't think it's going to be people going to be like, oh, my gosh, Final Fantasy Sixteen is coming out. I have to get a PlayStation 5 now. It's No, it's usually you're going to have a PlayStation and the perk is Final Fantasy. Um, it's kind of like Halo and Xbox. You know if you get an Xbox, you're going to get exclusivity to Halo. Granted, it is available on PC still. But if you're a console player... It's, to, to me, I, I just. It's not as earth shattering as, let's say, uh, as an example, Sony, hold your pants here, as, let's say, Call of Duty being exclusive to another console not known as the PlayStation 5. That's an example, Sony. Relax. Uh, that would be more earth shattering than Final Fantasy, something that's been exclusive forever, is, is exclusive still again going forward um yeah i really don't think it's that earth yeah
1: i mean i think it's something that like sony continues to spend money for these exclusives and i think at least this one probably makes more of an impact in asia right like it's popular in japan it's popular over in europe uh popular in china especially as well so as we see some of these titles kind of push that asian market push that european market i don't see it having a giant impact in the u.s though or even north america in general i don't think south america is a big final fantasy playing area either So I think more than anything, it's pushing the eastern side. Uh, With that being said, I don't know. I think spending money on exclusives is going to get slower and slower as we move forward as an industry. I think you're going to get more and more first-party exclusives. And those will be available on console. Those will be available on PC and eventually on mobile through cloud as well. Um, But as far as actual paying for third-party exclusives, I do think we're starting to get to the end of the line. We don't see Xbox doing it much more anymore. Uh, they've done like some indies for like three months. Uh, we've seen Sony do some two-year deals, but I think once those are up this iteration, I don't expect too many more of those going forward. I think they're starting to, re, um, I guess, really rethink how they approach the industry. Some based on the ideas that Xbox and Nintendo have put forth this generation. And I think Sony's realizing that they're just kind of starting to throw money away for some of these deals. And they're going to spend more of that on marketing, more developing their own live service games as well.
0: Uh, OG Flavor Town wants to know if we can have a final Final Fantasy. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Mission Impossible. There's so many more impossible missions that actually are possible. Um, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, we need to have a final Final Fantasy.
1: Final Final Fantasy. I mean, I thought that might have been the plan with Final Fantasy 15 at one point. Uh, with them going online, it's an MMO. They can constantly add expansions. Like wow, um, but they no, that wasn't enough. Final Fantasy still makes plenty of money for Square Enix. Uh, and they're going to continue to pump them out, at least for the foreseeable future, it seems like. Next up, speaking of indies earlier, let's talk Nintendo. They had an Indie World Showcase this week on November 9th. Uh, a number of indie titles shown. Nothing big, like not your Mario games. Obviously, those are first party. and uh, No Yoshi games or anything like that. Um, but they did put out a nice assortment. I think it ended up being about 15 to 20 different indie titles. A lot of them you guys have probably never heard of. Um, have a Nice Death is one that stuck out. People have seen that, I think, in a couple showcases now. Inscription was up for Game of the Year on PC. That one also coming to Switch now as well. Um, trying to think of some of the other ones. Coffee Talk, that's... I think I played part of that one on Game Pass, if I remember correctly. Um, maybe it's the same game. Maybe it's a different game. Uh, but that's a uh, like a text-based game, if I remember correctly. It's kind of more dialogue-based narrative. Um, but other than that, there really wasn't a ton that stood out here. A lot of these indie games kind of being your one-off indie games. Some will appeal to certain people, but there's none of those like big real kickers outside of inscription.
0: Have a nice death. Yeah, that's fun. one.
1: Again, I think that's probably the second most popular one in here. I don't remember where we saw it originally, probably E3, um, but it is definitely one somewhere in that list. Anything else on indie games and Nintendo? I love some indie games. I honestly don't play too many on my Switch. I typically lean to Game Pass for my indie games, uh, mainly because they're kind of expensive. And Game Pass supports the developers pretty well, so if I don't have to pay $20 every indie game, I'll buy the few that stick out here and there, but then I'll let Xbox support them with their big Microsoft money, and I'll go ahead and play them and talk about them on Twitter. That's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, Next up in the news is Netflix. John, Netflix says, uh, they've had their struggles over the years. They were very successful with Stranger Things. Had a really good start to the summer in May and June or uh, July, I think. Actually, it was in the second half released. Uh, but they were doing really well. Stranger Things had them on a high note, and then they started rethinking things. We have a ad tier being added now. We have them going back to which I surprised they honestly left from a business perspective, uh, releasing episodes every week. I think that's something that we're going to continue to see more services move toward. And one of those things that they could be releasing weekly, eventually in the future, is an animated Gears of War series. But before that, we have a Gears of War live-action feature film in the works. This is supposedly the third one. So we've had two previously cancelled. You and I have given our critiques of it before. I love Gears of War as a series, but it's very mature, it's very gory, it's very violent, and it's not something either one of us saw doing really well as a popular esport or as a big-screen movie. Now, with that being said... I think going to Netflix, it opens it up to a little bit of a darker pathway. We've seen stuff like Squid Games pop off on there, Alice in Borderland. uh, Dalmer was a recent one that came out as well. Uh, So there's a number of dark, gritty kind of movies available on Netflix. And I feel like if this is going to shine, that could be the place to do it.
0: Yeah, and who knows, maybe it might only be available on Netflix's new $50 a month tier that is only uh, one ad every 60 minutes uh, during your show. So right as someone's getting sawed in half on the, on the Gears of War uh, uh, movie, uh, TV show, wherever the heck it's going to be, uh, yeah, the live action feature film, uh, you'll get an ad for, I don't know, Band-Aids. Uh, because what puts a chainsawed person back together? Band-Aids. By today. Uh, yeah, Netflix. No, please stop. Don't do this. Uh, I have zero faith this is actually going to happen.
1: The Gears that were animated? Or Gears of War, were, I mean, live action?
0: Yeah. The live action. I mean, it's been canceled twice before. I mean, who knows? I mean, Netflix has stupid money. I mean, we all know how great they are with managing their budget. I mean, who knows? I mean, they'll just probably throw it at it. You know, two seasons. It does absolutely horrible. And then right in the middle of filming season three, they'll just cancel it. Uh, that's Netflix MO. So who knows? M- maybe it will. I definitely think it gets released at least
1: for season one. I think my fear is like, one, we just had the Halo show came out. That was nothing compared to the lore. Very different, very off-base. Now, it was a different studio. It was Paramount Paramount rather involved with that one. Also, 343 leadership has changed since then as well. Uh, That being part of the reason behind that too. But overall, I don't know. I feel like I don't have faith in this being successful, but I have faith in at least launching a season. I think my biggest fear is it's going to end up like that old Doom movie with The Rock in it and it's just going to be a little bit gritty here and there but it's just not going to be that popular like sure it's better than the original super mario brothers movie but like where are our standards right like <laughs> i mean i just i don't have the highest expectations for this as live action
0: you never go original super mario i mean we Bro- got to have a floor right um, on our rating scale just, you... <laughs> i mean look i mean if we we're talking about like the lowest of low then, then, then yes. I mean, Joey, I could put together a flipbook of stick figures. That is a better story than this original Super Mario Bros. Mo- movie was. Uh, OG Flavortown, and I quote, Halo I sucks. I mean, the show does. Um, the show was rough. <laughs> the show was miserable. Joey, I'm just going to throw this out there again. He took his helmet off in the first no, episode. So disappointing. Uh, spoiler alert for everyone. Uh, so, <laughs> it was just, I feel like everyone had like such Mando vibes with, with, with Master Chief that when he took his helmet off and he looked like nothing like anyone pictured Master Chief would look like. I mean, we've
1: gone 20, oh, man, 20 plus years without him taking his helmet off in the games. And you're telling me the first episode of the show just wobble it off like mm,
0: not today, Chief. Not today. Joey, I'm going to be honest. I stopped after the first episode. I have yet to see a single second past episode one. And. No FOMO here, my guy. Uh, I feel completely fine. I don't feel like my life is falling apart. I feel actually better, healthy, <laughs> mentally somewhat more stable. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're doing that. I mean, look, it, back on topic. If the Gears of War uh, feature film does come out, I'll watch it, obviously. I mean, it's going to be gory. It's going to be gruesome. I'm all for it. Like, I, I like darker um You know, more violent kind of movies anyway, just because I don't know, it's just it's different. It's I mean, if Netflix wants to go down that road, make a Gears of War movie like that, I I will be down to watch it. Um, No one has to hide their face under a helmet, so I don't have to worry about someone taking the helmet off and completely ruining a character. Uh, So there is that. Um, so I'll take it, uh, I'll watch it, but again, I am holding, I'm not going to hold my breath on it because at the end of the day, I just don't trust Netflix and I don't trust this movie ever being made. Yeah, I think
1: with gears, you have a different problem in the head region, uh, more like the head coming off than the helmet coming off. Uh, so we'll see how gritty they decide to go with that. The adult animated series though. I do have high expectations for that one. Cyberpunk edge runners has popped off and done extremely well, uh, even for an IP that didn't do so well when cyberpunk released I think Gears, the story is deep enough that they can go pretty far with an animated series. So live action, I'm kind of, eh, probably expectations around a 5 out of 6, or 5 or 6 out of 10. For the animated series, I think I'm leaning at a 7.5 to 8 is where I'm going to start my expectations. I do think that could be pretty good, so I am waiting to see what that looks like. And now, if it does do well, if the live action movie does really well, the animated series does well, or one of them does well, it does sound like the plan uh, is kind of like, um, think sports where you have the option to extend contracts beyond what the actual contract years are. It sounds like that situation's in place here between Microsoft and Netflix. So if it does do well, if it pulls in the viewers, if it pulls in the interest and the attention, it sounds like there can be that option to continue extending based on what these two end up doing. So we'll see what it does. 40 million copies of Gears of War, the game, have been sold so far. So at least as a game, it's been popular throughout its years. Uh, Gears 1 through 6, and there's also 1 through 5, rather, Uh, Judgment being one of those games to make it the sixth. Um, But overall, popular series has a story that can be worked with. We'll see what Netflix can do with it. Next up, Call of Duty 2023. This is a good one uh, for those who like gaming companies trying to take advantage of their players. Call of Duty 2023 will be a continuation of Modern Warfare 2 developed by Sledgehammer Games. So yes, you are not getting a Call of Duty 2023 uh, that has been previously mentioned and reported on. It was going to be Modern Warfare 2 once again. And players are like, okay, we can get down with that. We're cool with having a COD for two years. Maybe that means COD 2024 will be even better. Well, Activision still wants your $70, fam. So you are kind of getting a new game, but it's going to be an extension of Modern Warfare 2 by a different developer. It's going to be Sledgehammer Games priced at $70 once again. It's going to have a new single player and a new multiplayer. So it's kind of like a weird hybrid situation where... It's still Modern Warfare 2, but it's not Modern Warfare 2 because you also have all this new stuff coming in. So, is it worth it? We're really not sure at this point. But this is where the rumors have taken us.
0: I know. Isn't it just a
1: weird situation? Like, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm mad or, or upset or just don't care at this point. Um, I did buy Modern Warfare 2. I've been enjoying it here and there. Um, there is an issue, and I don't know if it's a bug or if it's. Just the way the game is designed. Uh, I can shoot someone, let's say I shoot them three times. One time I can shoot them in the chest and kill them in one bullet. One time I can shoot them in the chest in the same spot and it'll take 10 bullets. And same when they shoot at me. So I'm not really sure how the servers work with that game. It still feels like Call of Duty, um, but sometimes it feels like the bullets just don't know if they want to register or if they just want to do half damage or what's going on there. Uh, but in the end, maybe this will improve. Maybe we'll get a second one that'll be better. Who knows? Um, I do think the game's going to do well. I mean, it's already selling extremely well. I think it'll probably still be the best-selling Call of Duty of all time. Again, assuming the Activision deal closes and these eventually make their way to Game Pass. Uh, With that being said, Activision's going to charge you $70. We had probably an inkling that it was coming in one way or another, whether it be some bottled-up season pass thing for the year, uh, anything like that. But it does
0: sound like it will be a new game, just a continuation of the old one as well. So, Joey, have you tried purchasing... Uh, through the microtransaction store in-game, the more accurate, more powerful bullets for 9 fun- uh, for nine ninety nine. It's good for the first season of Modern Warfare 2. Have you tried doing that yet?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to answer that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Might solve your problem, or you just aim better. Oh my one gosh. of the two. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you hit the head, they're just going to go down in one. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah, overall, pretty good experience so far. You've not dove into Modern Warfare 2 yet, but you're still kind of
0: considering it, right? Um yeah, once all the bugs are fixed here. Uh Wolvesbane42, uh first off, thank you for the follow and welcome uh to uh Level Up Live. Appreciate you stopping by here. Says uh it's a bug happens to them all the time. Servers are rough. Yeah, new games always suck with the new servers and those bugs are always fun. There's nothing that will break your controller faster uh than you slamming it down from a bullet that will kill someone and then 10 bullets in the exact same spot that will not kill someone uh, in the game. So yes, I I totally feel that uh it, that is way too real. That that, that, that hits home a little, little too often right there. So, yeah. yeah, it there definitely hits home. Let's stick with well the done.
1: Call of Duty topic because we did have some more info come out this week as far as Warzone and DMZ as well. So starting on November 16th, season one of the new Warzone will be coming out. That does mean old Warzone will be shutting down, moving from 1.0 to 2.0. Uh, for those who don't know, Warzone is the massive... Multiplayer Battle Royale experience that Call of Duty has put out to kind of compete with Fortnite and Apex Legends. It's done extremely well. Typically, it flashes between Fortnite and Warzone being the top two on any streaming platform out there. Uh, Player count as well pretty much dominates Xbox, PlayStation... Uh, If it eventually goes to Switch once Microsoft purchases the acquisition or it goes through, uh, we'll probably see it move toward the top of Nintendo as well, though I don't know how that'll play on a Switch. Uh, We'll see what that ends up being like. Um, But overall, they've kind of given us an idea of what we're going to see in Warzone 2. We have a new map. We've talked about this one a little bit before, but Almazak coming in. Uh, You have the DMZ mode kind of coming in as a bit of a Tarkov-like mode um, for those who played Escape from Tarkov, trying to get out with tactical insertions, working your way through the map and kind of looting up as you go. Uh, There's going to be a new Gulag featured. We have new vehicles coming in. A lot of new stuff. On top of that, you obviously get the stuff like the battle passes so you can progress through the game outside of just the actual going for the winner-winner chicken dinner action. Um, Overall, I think it looks good, John. I think the biggest question always with Warzone, or at least in recent times, we saw Ricochet come out and try to take down some of the cheaters, and it did a decent job up front. There were some that were able to break through since they've they've continued to patch it, continue to improve it. And I feel like the cheaters have lessened in Warzone. I think the biggest thing with Warzone 2, and again, it hasn't really affected player count all that much, is continuing to stop cheaters, though. If it does get overwhelming, we did see a point where Warzone, the original, ended up taking a pretty hard dip because of the cheaters overcoming everything. When you're just jumping into a game and getting shot out of the sky from a guy just rotating in the air at 180 degrees uh, at super speed and just hitting everything with headshots, it's like, okay, why am I playing this game? Uh, this dude's in god mode over here. So I think that's the biggest thing right come out give us something that works give us something that feels smooth and give us something that not a ton of cheaters take over on day one.
0: Yeah I mean that's going to kill any battle royale period in the story uh, cheaters are a plague if you cheat in battle royale if you cheat in general um, in a multiplayer game you you suck you're a terrible person I don't like it. Um now, that being said, like if you're using like a game that has built-in cheats, like to like make the game goofy, I'm thinking like old school 007, golden 07 on the N64, where you can have like big head mode, paintball mode, unlock odd job and jaws and all that fun stuff. You know, whatever. Like that's that is what it is. But aimbots, wall bangs, stuff like that, just not cool. Just you know, that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing uh uh, Warzone, um, I would love to play it more. Uh, Warzone to me feels a little bit, I don't know, better than Fortnite. I don't know, Maybe I'm just a boomer in that sense. I just don't like Fortnite. Never have, never will. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Warzone 2.0 will be better. And I'm really hoping they do crack down on the cheaters because it's a great way to kill the game. Uh, they, they need to get rid of the cheaters and they need to get rid of them yesterday. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and I think
1: there's some fun stuff, right? Like, we've talked a little bit about Warzone before. I think one thing in particular that I'm kind of looking forward to is the Strongholds. These are, like, your heavy loot locations. There's going to be some AI going on there. I don't know what the level of the AI is going to be. I would imagine Hardened kind of level, like your veteran level. Uh, I think they're going to come out, pack a little bit of a punch. You're going to work your way through them. But other teams will be looking on as you try to make your way through this AI compound working your way toward this high-tier loot. You're probably going to have some parties that look to third-party you and pick you off as you're fighting the AI. You're probably going to have some other people who are going to let you take it, and then once you take it, they'll try to take you down, or maybe they even let you come out with the loot and then take you out from the side, saying, hey, thanks for doing all the work, now we'll send you to the Gulag. Whatever it may be, I think they add another dimension to it instead of just looting all these locations and then eventually moving your way to an inner circle Now you kind of add in another aspect here where there are these high loot locations. We've seen it worked really well in Apex Legends. I think Fortnite has something like this as well. Again, I don't play a ton of Fortnite. um, But overall, I think anything that uh, adds a little bit more risk and reward to the game mode kind of makes it a bit more interesting. And it should impact how people land on the map as well. Anything else you want to say on Warzone? Warzone. (laughs) (laughs) i like that pause i'm like ooh, what's where's he gonna go with this um but yeah overall i think it'll be interesting we'll see how the new vehicles play Uh, i'm super curious about the dmz mode as well i've never really played a ton of escape from tarkov but i like the idea of that being translated to call of duty i think it kind of adds another flair into it and we've seen some games do too many modes i think gears speaking of it earlier gears five There was a Hive Busters mode, there was a Horde mode, there was campaign mode, multiplayer mode. It just felt like they did a little too much to constantly keep updating it. I don't think Call of Duty will be in the same situation, because you're looking at one studio with Gears of War versus like nine studios with Call of Duty. So I think they'll get the job done in the end, um, but it is definitely something worth monitoring as we move forward. Next up in the news is Marvel Snap. John, you and I have uh, done a little bit too much snapping recently. It feels like this one launched late October. Uh, We got our first season. It was Spider-Man themed. And now we have the new season, which is themed up to a movie coming out pretty soon. And we have Warriors of Wakanda being the name of this uh, coming with the new Wakanda movie coming out later this week. I'm pretty stoked for this. I feel like I think the season pass has its value. And that's something I've questioned a little bit back and forth here. There is some cool stuff you get out of it, and you did pull up this graphic. So talk us through, what do you get in the season pass for this?
0: Yeah, so the season pass, you automatically get the Black Panther card right from the get-go, and it's a really, really cool-looking card. So the basic card, if you're watching here live on Twitch, is the larger version in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, that is the standard base card for Black Panther, and its ability, it's a five-cost card, for energy. It doubles its energy when you place it on the board. Regardless of where it is, it will always double its energy. Uh, so that's really cool. It's an on-reveal tactic. So you team that up with an Odin card. You can double it. Uh, so you can double your on-reveal on that. So it can go from uh, 8 to 16. That can be a 16-value card on a turn 5, turn 6 uh, playthrough. Uh, and it's really, really cool. It's a really strong, powerful card. You get Bar Sinister. You throw that thing down. That is four 8-powered cards that gets thrown down there. Uh, you know, that is almost a guaranteed win. Uh, it's a very unique card. It works really well in an on-reveal deck. Um, I built one that I thought was pretty spicy. Joey, I linked it to you. You played with it a little bit. If people are interested in the deck, I'll post it in our Discord uh, if you want the uh, the deck code for you if you are playing. But along with that, you work your way through the battle pass. Uh, there's 50 levels of rewards before you get to like these random, uh, I don't want to call them loot boxes. Collector's cash. Negative, but that's yeah. essentially what it is. Collector's cash, if you will. Uh, But you get different variants of other characters from Black Panther uh, that are in the card as well. Level 50, you unlock the Black Panther uh, variant card that you see in the middle on the left, which looks really, really uh, nice as well. You have card backs on the back. The Black Panther card back is available at level 44. Uh, The other one with the spear, uh, Joey has to get to level 100 to unlock that in ranked mode. Uh, and I know that I know you're really excited uh, to attempt. Yeah, to that, that's the key back.
1: word there attempt. Uh, I'm hoping to make the run last season. I got right around diamond. Don't know if I do it because that's another like 40 levels, but it will be the it's full tough. season. We get a chance to knock it out this time. Plus travel with Thanksgiving uh, adds a little bit more time into that to hopefully yeah. snap a little bit between Lindsay and I we will see what happens. Um, But yeah, in the end, I think it's a good season. I think it's fun. I think it's a great theme to tie it into the movie. And overall, if you guys have not tried Marvel Snap, regardless if you like card games or not, it's worth checking out. It's very free-to-play friendly. Uh, You can play it without having to put a ton of cash in like some of these other card games like Hearthstone. Um, With that being said, uh, it does have its downsides, one of those being the addictive factor. Uh, Games take like two to three minutes. They're only six turns long, uh, given one card that can make it seven turns. Uh, It does feel like they move pretty quickly, though. I know I'm like, I've commuted on the Metro every day and I play through quite a few of these as long as I have service, um, depending on the tunnel that I go through. So overall, I think it's fun. I think it's definitely worth checking out if you guys haven't already. And Marvel, as you all know, is a pretty endless IP, plenty of villains, plenty of heroes to pull from. So I have a feeling they have content for a very, very long time to come.
0: And, and if you're someone that enjoys comic books or you enjoy different art styles, um, I, I'm not a big like virtual card gamer if you will like i i don't enjoy hearthstone i don't enjoy magic the gathering uh digital version i'd rather play with the physical cards so on and so forth this is actually a lot of fun i, I didn't think i would like this game uh i'm absolutely addicted to it it's a lot of fun the game's taking away from like two to three minutes uh you can knock a couple out like on a lunch break uh if you're sitting in a car doing nothing don't do it while you're driving that's bad uh, if you're commuting, if you're in a boring work meeting, if you're in school and the teacher's rambling on about something stupid, play a game or two. No one's gonna know. They're so quick. It's as simple as that. Plus, the artwork look the art the artwork looks amazing. And when you upgrade the cards, it gets better and better and better. Some of the prism cards look a little iffy, uh, but the Black Panther card I have it upgraded to the epic level, and it looks absolutely fantastic. It, the, the the 3D uh, aspect of it, the uh the the frame break it just brings the card to life it looks really cool i'm a big person that likes graphics uh so so this game it, it it's crazy how nice it looks on a cell phone uh it's it's nutty and joe you can play it at 60 frames per second which makes this game look like absolutely highly recommend button. that Actually, i, I feel I, like I, it's a little stuttery on yeah.
1: 30 so i definitely recommend bumping it up to
0: 60 yeah But it is so smooth. It is probably the smoothest mobile game I've ever seen. Granted, again, it's not graphically intense, but it is just incredible how smooth it is at 60 frames per second. Yeah,
1: it should be fun. And I have a feeling we're going to continue to probably see it themed a little bit with Marvel movies and shows that come out. Uh, OG kind of hinting at a little bit of that in chat here as well. I do think that's what we'll see going forward. And probably any new new characters introduced will probably find their way in here. Maybe not during the exact first season, but eventually soon after as well. Overall, I think it's fun. I think it's definitely worth checking out, guys. So do that. And for those here live with us on Twitch, if you look at the variant cards on that graphic, the one in the middle is the one you will get for the 50th tier if you do get the Battle Pass and make your way all the way there. Uh, It's a Black Panther variant based on kind of like some ancestral stuff going on there as well. Uh, It should be fun to see the movie here later in the week or later next week for those who get out there to see the theaters. Uh, With that being said, yeah, overall, definitely a game worth checking out. And I hope you guys are able to enjoy it if you do end up doing so. Next in the news, Horizon Zero Dawn MMO is reportedly in the works. This one being developed by Korean studio NCSoft, who also was behind Guild Wars. Uh, John, we've looked at a number of things with Horizon before. Very popular game series for Sony PlayStation. On top of that, we know that PlayStation has made it very clear that they're developing live service games. They want some of that pie. They've seen Fortnite do it well. They've seen Warzone, Apex Legends. All of these games making bank, both on mobile, PC, consoles, all from their live service aspects. Sony mainly being a first-party game that has these awesome action-adventure games so far, and they're pumping them out. They're pulling in great revenue. God of War, Uncharted, The Last of Us. They do extremely well. But Sony realizing the pie ends at that. Eventually, these $70 games are going to stop bringing in price tags because people have played them. Maybe they'll get them on a sale again later down the road, or they'll buy a remaster. I mean, God knows there's plenty of TLU remasters to choose from at this point. Um, Overall, they need to find a way to get that continued revenue, and that's what they're looking for with their games. So they're going to still make those awesome big single-player action-adventure games, but they're also going to dive a bit into the different genres that allow for live service, MMO being one of those. Horizon Zero Donjon, I think if you're going to go for an MMO, this is a game that could do it very well. You're looking at a vast landscape. You're looking at this tribal hunting aspect of the game with Aloy, uh, who's able to come out there, or Aloy rather, uh, come out there, kind of build herself up from zero to hero, make her way through as a survival expert as the series continues on. Again, kind of staying somewhat spoiler free here. Uh, But the big thing in this comes out in the first trailer is these big mechanical... Uh, creatures, you have wolf-like creatures, you have these giraffe-like dinosaur-sized creatures, uh, all different sizes, all different shapes, some really cool ones that are these big mega bosses, other ones are just little guys you'll find out in the wild, but overall it's these cool mechanical beasts and there's some great lore behind it as well. If you're going to make an MMO, there's a number of variety of characters in there as enemies are ready. and on top of that the lore is pretty deep. I feel like they have quite a bit to build on
0: here for this one. One problem, ah, here Joey. We go. It is very, very difficult to break into the MMORPG scene. Uh, we saw it with Lost Ark. Uh, we saw we we see it with even Guild Wars. Guild Wars is a great MMO. Don't get me wrong; I've played it before. But the issue is one player base. Two, uh, you already have well-established MMORPGs in the market that have dedicated gamers that have lasted decades. I'm talking. 10, 20-plus years playing the same MMORPG. Um, And the problem with MMORPGs is it's very difficult to play more than one uh, because it requires a lot of time. If you want to go up against the the next raid boss, you have to gear up. You have to get certain gear, certain item levels, certain weapons, and that takes time because they're all like a 2% drop, so you have to rerun things over and over and over. Uh, MMORPGs are a very social... Uh, ecosystem if you will so you're in a guild guilds have communities and you essentially have a in nowadays a discord server where you're interacting with people in your guild almost on a daily basis and then you come home from school you come home from work you hop on and you play that mmo it's very difficult to split time between multiple mmo rpgs how do i know i've attempted to do it uh, multiple times, and it always, always fails. If you're playing one MMORPG, it's very, very difficult to split your time between the two. I feel like if this actually is in the works and it comes out, yeah, it may draw some people that may be a little upset with a, with the direction of their favorite MMORPG if it's going in a, in a sour direction. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a massive fall-off just like we saw with Lost Ark. I mean, Lost Ark was one of the hottest streamed games on Twitch for all of what? A week? when it came Same to the North with New America, World. It was a week. Yeah. yeah. Every single new MMO that comes out, everyone's like, yes, this is great. We want to find something different. We want to, and then everyone goes, you know what? I, we had it so much better at the other place. And they just stop and there's no point. MMOs, RPGs also usually come with a monthly subscription. You don't want to pay more than one, especially if you're not going to be able to put the time towards it. It makes no sense to do that. Uh, so for me, someone who plays World of Warcraft quite a bit, I'm excited for the new expansion coming out. Uh, part two of the pre-patch drops next Tuesday. I want to create my drag there. I want to go fly around and burn people with my half-dragon, half-man kind of thing. That's what I want to go do. Th- this other MMO is not even on my radar. I- I'm so involved with an MMO RPG already that it's like Star Wars, The Old Republic. I haven't played that in months. I don't have time to. I got World of Warcraft to worry about. That's the problem with MMORPGs, is once you're involved with one, it's very hard to right. switch. Right, and I think that's a
1: good point, right? Like, you look at World of Warcraft, it's giant. It's probably the biggest one out there still. Final Fantasy, also up there with Final Fantasy 15, And a number of these MMOs, like you said, they're going to draw the attention of the player, but once you're in, if you actually want to keep up with the MMO, sure, you're not going to get these giant content patches, except every few months or every few years... But there is plenty going on in between, whether it be events in-game, if you get involved in PvP, there's tons of different stuff alongside that. If you get involved into the, like, racing for dungeon clears, there's all different things to go on with that, to get your raid gear up, to get your dungeon gear up. So there's all different aspects, and it kind of opens it up to, really, players to have endless content, per se, and that becomes the issue with MMOs. You attract a certain type of player to an MMO, And then that player gets logged into that MMO, like John was saying, and he goes back to Star Wars every once in a while, but most of his time is focused on WoW if he kind of has that MMO itch. And I'm kind of in a similar spot. My biggest issue is being time. I want to play all these indie games or I want to dump into some of these different multiplayer games, like a Halo, like a Call of Duty. And it becomes so hard to grind multiplayer and to play these story-based indie games and then to devote my time to an MMO on top of that. Just time gets split here and there. I do think the setting is cool. I think the lore is awesome, and I think they're going to pull in some PlayStation fans and probably some PC players as well. But it's one of those things doesn't have the withstanding, like John was saying, to compete against a WoW, to compete against the Star Wars The Old Republic, to compete against all these other big MMOs like Final Fantasy out there currently. Lost Ark couldn't do it. Uh, We saw issues with Amazon's take at it as well uh, with New World. They still have players, sure but it's not even close to the top of the charts anymore. Elder Scrolls is probably around the top five as well. That one does pull in quite a few, but it's been around for a while. These new games trying to jump in are going to have a tough time. Now, the one exception to that, and not to spend too much time on this anymore, I think is Riot Games. League of Legends is ginormous. Valorant, huge. Legends of Runeterra, giant over in Asia. They have such a big IP going with Runeterra that I think Riot could pull this off and put out a pretty successful MMO. Anything else on MMOs or Horizon Zero Dawn, sir? Love it. For those not here on Twitch, John just made a face like, nope, we are (laughs) done with this topic. Moving on. I want to go play WoW. Uh, Take two, see. (laughs) No, you you actually froze. Oh, dang. That works so so much better for the podcast listeners not knowing that. Rip. Wow. Uh I I didn't know I froze that time. Um, With that being said, Take-Two CEO, he did not freeze on this question. Strauss Zelnick came in in a recent interview, uh, and he stated that Take-Two and its competitors have no issues with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, Uh, with one exception of one publisher. That publisher was not named. For anyone who follows gaming news, that publisher is Sony. Uh, Sony is continuing to speak up against the acquisition, and I don't think we need to spend much more time stating that because we know it's a thing. I think if anything is notable news here, it's that Take-Two is now once again taking a public stance on this, saying that they do support the deal moving forward. They really don't care if it does, and neither do any other publishers they deal with, uh, so at least some more industry approval for the deal, at least for now. With that being said, regulators have second thoughts, and that seems to be ongoing. The EU Commission has extended their deadline to March 2023. It was originally November 8, 2022. That first deadline was to give a... uh, Really just their thoughts on Phase 1. Everyone expected this to go to Phase 2. Now it's just confirmation that it's going to Phase 2. And it will... Their final decision will probably come March 2023, unless they decide to extend Phase 2 or head into a Phase 3. Microsoft and Activision are still projecting this to be done by June 2023. Uh, So there is some flexibility after that March day, potentially if needed. Uh, And if it even gets approved, we could see these organizations say, no, we don't approve this deal. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you guys as well. FIFA, FIFA's first post EA game. John, this has been the breakup of a century. Uh, A little bit of a high school breakup, it feels like drama-wise, but we're talking billions of dollars involved here. Uh, It came down to EA and FIFA. They had a contract coming up. EA has had FIFA the game, a super successful soccer game for many years, or football, depending where you live and where you're listening. Uh, Overall, they decided, okay, EA has this game. We like the FIFA name. So, hey, FIFA, what's it going to cost to renew our contract to use your name? FIFA says, oh, we'd only like a billion dollars or some crazy number out there Uh, for every year you use the name. And on top of that, we want the percentage of these sales based on the name being used. And EA is like, nah, bro, we ain't about this. We're popular enough. Let's see what we can do. So they have renamed themselves EA Sports FC. That's going to be the new title after FIFA 23. So come 24, it'll be probably EA Sports FC 24. Unless they make it some kind of live service game where you buy a new pack every year. I don't know what EA is going to do. Wouldn't surprise me if they find a way to throw more loot boxes in. But we'll keep an eye on that as well. With that being said, FIFA is going to be on their own. And they said, okay, EA, you do your thing. But we're going to use our FIFA name. The FIFA name that you've built up over the years in the gaming industry. And see what we can do with it. Well, (laughs) their first foray, John, is to go into the blockchain uh, they're looking at a blockchain title. And because we know cryptocurrency right now is doing extremely well, this seems like a very
0: valid decision. <laughs> yeah, you should ask the Miami Heat and their uh, arena sponsor FTX, how that's uh, working out for them. Or even the Washington Nationals and their uh, uh, cryptocurrency-backed diamond club or whatever the heck it's called now. It's See, I don't even know what the what, – like that crypto exchange market where whatever the heck the Nationals use, don't even remember what it was. I was at DC United has XDC on their jersey, and I'm pretty sure they they went bankrupt halfway through the season. Uh, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, hooray! Crypto, the future currency, and everything is gonna fall apart and break, and people are going crazy because they're losing thousands of dollars because of it. Yeah, super exciting. FIFA, you are a joke. Um, you are corrupt and you are diving headfirst into an industry that is already dying, and you're trying to dive into the world of soccer video games that you are decades behind already. Uh, this makes EA look good. Uh, th- th- this is how pathetic this breakup is. And-, and we mentioned it when the news came out that FIFA and EA were breaking up. Uh, and and yes, Joey, I agree 100%. It is uh, a high school breakup. Sorry, pot of luck. It's a million times a high school breakup. It is literally... FIFA demanding a diamond ring from a sophomore in high school. And the sophomore is like, I can barely afford to buy my school lunch today, let alone a diamond ring. You are not worth it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. I really don't think it's going to go over very well. And I I don't know. I just I, I think this is such a silly move on FIFA's part. It, it makes no sense. Ah, but
1: wait, John, it gets better. You want to hear about their first game? Uh, this. <laughs>
0: This is AI League FIFA World Cup
1: Cutter 2022 edition. Quite the title to begin. Uh, It's developed by Altered State Machine and is going to be a four-on-four casual football game played between AI-controlled characters. So much player input being put into this, as you can tell. But wait, there is player input. Uh, The player is able to make actions at fun and tactical moments. That's your FIFA game. Uh, Yeah, fam, this ain't it. I yeah I, I, I was going to say I hope they do well, but I really could care less, uh, to be honest. I don't like this idea. I, I think there's a place for blockchain things, and I think eventually we'll get to that place where there is some worth in it, and it does find some way into the gaming industry. I just don't think this is it. If I'm going to play a game, you look at FIFA players, right? Sure, they like playing the trading market in foot, But eventually they use those players in a roster. They're not just trading players to trade players. Unless you're panicking, Pat, then maybe you trade players to play players because you don't want to end up picking up the FIFA game and you just want to trade them on the Metro like the stock market. That is a thing, and we've seen it happen uh, (laughs) firsthand for some of us. But with that being said, I feel like if I'm going to play FIFA, if you or I is going to play FIFA, John, we want to play FIFA. We actually want to control the characters. We want to build up the momentum. We want to make plays happen. We want to take the shots ourselves. We don't want to watch the AI play out and then say, hey, flick your finger to complete the shot. Like, what? Come on. This is as obnoxious as the World Cup being in Qatar, if you ask
0: me. You you want to know who developed this game and why it's completely controlled by AI? This was created literally by a bunch of boomers that do not understand video games, that do not understand esports. The, the same people... That sit here and criticize uh, younger generations or anyone who's a gamer or or who likes esports for sitting on Twitch and watching the League of Legends World Championship or uh, an HCS tournament weekend or the International or any major esports or non-major esport event. The same people that sit there go, oh, it's boring watching other people play video games. Why don't you just play the video game? Okay, cool. Those are the people that said, you know what? You know what's even better than watching other people play a video game while you're not playing it? If the AI plays it for you. Because now you don't have to worry about being bad at the game. You just press, oh, I want to play. And then you spend the next five minutes watching uh, computers talk to each other in mathematic equations to come up with some RNG. And guess what? You win or you lose. That sounds super exciting. Thank you, Boomers, for creating the dumbest video game uh, that we can possibly play in certain moments. It's the dumbest Yeah, this thing ain't
1: ever. it, fam. And they did announce a few others. So the second one coming out is going to be FIFA World Cup. Uh, Qatar is how it's being pronounced in chat over here. 2022 in the Upland Metaverse. And the third game is FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 on Figatol, something like that. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, chat. Feel free to correct me on that one as well. And then the fourth game, Match Day Challenge, FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 edition. Uh, So, I mean, we're looking at a whole bunch. This last one being kind of football card based. Uh, I don't think it's going to be full on Ultimate Team, but probably playing a little bit from the idea of Ultimate Team, trying to hit some of that. Um, I guess addiction to card games and I don't know exactly how this is going to play out it is a social prediction game so it could just be a one and done card game uh, but maybe we do end up getting some kind of elements that they can sell to you in booster packs who knows um, but yeah in the end we'll have to see what it ends up being I'm not the biggest fan of this move I don't think you're the biggest fan of this move John and I don't really see this being all that successful
0: I don't know, dude. I'm I'm taking a look at some of these AI characters, and I mean, this guy is obviously a badass. He's got a necklace and a hat on sideways. Like, I don't know. I feel like that AI bot is gonna absolutely wreck the other AI. Yeah,
1: I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm hoping there's a backyard football edition of it uh, for Europe. I think that would be a little bit more entertaining. But yeah, these guys look goofy. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't feel super invested into this game, Uh, but we'll see how FIFA does it. I mean, they are used to getting paid off. Maybe they pay some players off in the end and kind of do a whole reverse thing going on. We'll see what FIFA has in mind. Next up, Microsoft's Direct Storage 1.1 is set to boost PC game load times. Uh, John, I really don't know exactly how all this stuff works. I know one of the things that Microsoft has talked about is moving all this awesome tech that they have in the Xbox, like high... Uh, they have velocity architecture is one of the key terms over there Uh, obviously quick resume is a thing a lot of people have liked with this new generation of xbox and they've talked about moving some of that over to windows and windows 11 in particular i'm pretty stoked for this if this means i can get quick resume on pc games without killing my pc uh, if this means load times are quicker because pc load times are definitely slower than the xbox load times Um, i'm curious to see what all this means so can you break any of this down do you know what it means yet
0: Yeah, I mean, you essentially just have to have a fast hard drive, if you will, or in most cases, solid state. Uh, You'll need a high-performance solid state or an M.2 drive uh, to actually do this, which is what all the new consoles run on, uh, is uh, mainly an M.2 or a high-functioning solid state drive. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much all you really need to do. And as long as there is a power source going to uh, that console, you're essentially golden. You're good to go. Or it'll just utilize the cloud as well, kind of holding your spot in place until you come back. Uh, the the technology is there. And if you have a gaming computer, you pretty much already have the components required um, if your computer has been up to date anytime within the past 10 years. So uh, I think this is something Microsoft desperately needs to bring to the PC. And I think PC gamers are going to enjoy what console gamers, at least on the Xbox, have been experiencing with the new gen. It is a really, really cool feature. Uh, My only issue is for some games, it has mainly to do with the game server, not really the function, is that you can be disconnected from the game server, so you have to go through like a re-login process, which kind of slows things down a little bit, Uh, but that's more of an issue on the video game itself versus the quick resume feature. Uh, so yeah, I think it's great, and I think PC gamers are in a yeah, and a lot of the out.
1: impacts going to be your single player games, right? Like this is going to get implemented yeah. eventually. The developers will work it into their games, and it's going to be those single player games that don't require that online activation. Stuff like your sports games, your Call of Duties, your FPS games, all of that will still, like John was saying, have to contact the servers. So you're going to hit a load buffer eventually anyway. But if you're playing something like a God of War on PC. You're going to be able to load in much smoother, it sounds like, once this is all implemented, and again, once developers take advantage of it as well. So there will be some cool stuff coming for PC gamers, and it sounds like there is more planned. Uh, Some of those quick-resume features are supposedly in the works for PC. Again, not quite sure how that'll work exactly, but it does sound like something that is at least being investigated next up on the list as we work our way down we did talk about Warzone, so we'll skip over that on our list of topics next up is halo's winter update not going to spend a ton of time on this halo infinite obviously has had a rocky launch and ended up with 20 million players within its first month of launching but then since then due to lack of content and really lack of live service in general it has kind of fallen off uh, don't know exactly what player counts are because the xbox ones are not public it is typically still top five on xboxes so it is pulling in players Uh, Queue times, I've never really waited in a queue for over 15 to 20 seconds, so the player count is still somewhat there somewhere. Uh, With that being said, this is the biggest update yet. Uh, Some big features that people have been asking for for a while finally coming in. There's a new progression system. For those who played Halo, you had to work your way through these challenges, which sometimes sucked. They would require using a certain gun or playing a certain mode. And maybe John just absolutely hated Free-for-All and didn't want to play it. Then you'd have to re-roll for the challenge or just not be able to progress on that challenge. Uh, Now they have a new match XP system in place. So if you just play games, you're going to get XP. If you win games, you get a bonus XP. If you do well in those one games, you get even more XP. It's the way the game should progress. And then you have those challenges on top. Uh, Those challenges will no longer be tied to certain modes. So if John just wants to play Team Deathmatch, or Slayer in this case, he can play that. Continue to get his match XP plus beat the challenges because they won't be associated with the mode. I think that's a huge win, huge quality of life win overall there. Maps, that's been the next biggest thing to address. Halo Infinite needs more maps. So they've given us two more maps. There's an arena map called Argyle, as well as a big team battle map called Detachment. There's more maps coming, some really cool creations out there. And then the biggest thing with this update, in my opinion, is Forge Mode. This is what made Halo 3. This is what made Halo Reach. Halo has always been a fun multiplayer game, but it's the customization in the community stuff that really makes it a big deal. Uh, you had people creating stuff like Griffball and Jenga and all these really fun modes. Zombies, Infection originally came from the Forge mode. Now you have this powered up Forge mode with tons of map tools. It's practically as good as what some developers are saying their map tools are overall. There's scripting involved so you can make modes out of it too. I think this is what's truly going to unlock the potential of this game. Now, do players come back? I think that's still the big question mark. We see player counts skyrocketing these first couple days, but is it enough to sustain them? Are the custom browser stuff cool enough for people to say, hey, let's create maps. Let's play on these custom maps. Let's create modes. Let's create our own little mini campaign with the scripting. I think that's going to be the bigger question. And the custom browser itself is not going to come until March. So right now you kind of have to do it through a web portal, which makes it a little bit uh, convoluted in the way you get to it. With that being said, some of the stuff popping up on day one is insane. And part of me is critical of 343 because I'm like, one, this tool is awesome. Why is it taking you guys a year to put out like four maps? when you look on the community side and there's like 30 or 40 maps that look as good as the original maps in game at this point. So I think give people a couple weeks, we're going to have some insanely good maps out there. And supposedly 343 is working on a rotating playlist for that as well. Uh, John, I know you and I have talked about this. Is this enough to bring you back to Halo, at least for a little bit to dabble in it once it comes out all
0: fully? Ah, Joey, it is time for everyone's favorite level up game show. Will John re-download that game? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the game where John tells you, well, he will re download a game that he previously quit because it sucked. Hey, the Joey, game didn't drum suck. Roll, it just lacked content. It sucked. <laughs> Still felt great. Let's see. Okay. Joey, I, I need you to give me a virtual drum a roll. A virtual please. drum roll.
1: Ow, my wrist is bad. You're not, I'm not supposed to be <laughs> drumming, you idiot. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, let's make the guy with tendonitis over your drum. Ay, ay, ay. What a mess.
0: Joey. uh, Okay, fine. Joey, pick. pick, The answer is behind one of these three doors. Is it door number one, door number two, or door number three? And be careful, Joey. Behind one of the doors is, hmm, what am I going to say here? Um, You really thought this game show out, huh? (laughs) uh, No, I didn't. I didn't think this out. Okay. The answer is behind one of the doors. Pick your door, sir. Well, Bob, I'm going to go with door number three. Door number three, will John re-download Halo Infinite? <laughs> Hell no! Alright, way to go. Thank you for playing. Will John re-download? Wait, wait, is that, that a malfunction? Game? Door
1: one and two are opening as well. Is the same answer. What? Look at that! It's
0: so weird. It's like the game was rigged. I, don't I know. think for you'll spirits.
1: eventually download it. I mean, once stuff like Griffball is in there, once these really cool maps, like Paintball is already in there, someone made Paintball, which is sick. I freaking love Jenga. That's an awesome mode. So I think we'll get a group in there eventually once these kind of make their way out, once some of these custom <laughs> modes are out there, some of these custom maps. Uh, with that being said, it is still in beta. It's buggy after release, so we'll see how everything comes together. Um, but I think it is one that could... It's not going to full-on revive it, but I do think it brings some more life to the game for sure.
0: <laughs> Potluck says I should have uh, convinced you to change your door before, <laughs> before, oh before my you open gosh. door number three. <laughs> that would have been... Oh, so funny. And Panicky Pat is pretty much calling you a Halo show. I mean, I am. I love uh, me some Halo.
1: I've been very critical of 343, (laughs) though, as well. And I feel like when they do something good, it is right to praise them. And they are finally showing some of that passion for the game. They're showing that they're listening to fans. I think there's some really cool stuff coming for March. Uh, There's something that Pat will probably be excited for next fall. Overall, I think, yeah, I don't know if it pulls (laughs) players back in, but there's definitely (laughs) next fall. next fall. It's it's taking a while, man. In 12 months. It is taking a while. Okay. We might get season two of the Paramount show to flop before the next bit of content, but we'll keep an eye on that as we go. Uh, one game that's not flopping.
0: Spoiler alert. Oh. Jose, spoiler in season two of Halo, Master Chief does not take his helmet. I off hope at not. All. I hope they glue the glue that dang thing so. on Pablo's <laughs> head. Uh, we'll see what happens though. Next up is a
1: game that, at least based on critics, is going to do extremely well. Based on our opinion, it's probably going to pop off as well. That is God of War Ragnarok. It released last night at midnight slash today. Uh, a lot of people diving in. If you're looking at other Twitch channels, there's a good chance they're streaming God of War Ragnarok today. Uh, this is one that I know a few community members for OTN have dove into. It's one I'm definitely interested in diving into if I get a PS5 or when it eventually comes to uh, PC later down the road. God of War as a series has always been one of those big blockbuster series, right? Tons of content, tons of elite-level content. PlayStation has done an extremely good job in the action-adventure genre, and a lot of that comes back to starting with God of War. With that being said, I think this one continues to build on it. I've heard, and this is like a critique out there, and I don't know how I feel about it, some people are saying that it doesn't feel next-gen, They're saying the graphics are better. They're saying the story is better. There's certain things that have been really praised, like the side quests that have improved. Uh, The launchers, Gene Park came out and really hit on those, saying that The Witcher 3 had his favorite side quest before. Now it's all God of War Ragnarok. But again, it seems like almost every review is saying it's not next gen. And I don't quite understand what they mean by that. I'm assuming they mean it's not like drop-dead gorgeous graphics, but it still looks pretty freaking good to me in the trailers. Uh, the content is obviously there story-wise. The weapons are always really cool and unique with God of War. And I feel like overall, it, the game itself is going to knock itself out of the park. And so far, based on critic scores, it's sitting at about a 94 out of 100. So it seems like critics overall, even with that critique, do you feel that way as well.
0: But Joey, does the grass look like grass in the game? <laughs> um I would argue gamers don't. You know, the the ones that are complaining about it probably haven't seen grass in a while. Uh, so, yeah. I, mean, I don't know, Joe. I, I think the game looks great. Uh, the trailers are great. The gameplay looks great. I think people are just being a little too... Um, that's the word I want to use. Um, I don't know. Special? We'll, we'll just say that. We'll, we'll we'll say that they're being a little too hyper intense here. They just need to play the game and enjoy it. It does not look bad at all like even in comparison to other high graphically intense games it is nowhere close to being the worst thing ever like just no
1: it's going to be great it's going to be a very good game and pot of luck i think makes a good point he's saying the reason it's not next gen is because they uh they made it for the ps4 and the ps5 and there's not much of a noticeable difference between the two i'm sure you'll feel it in load times i'm sure you'll see a little bit graphically but it's not going to be that big jump and that definitely translates well so i agree pot of luck Uh, It sounds like that could definitely be the main reasoning behind that uh, particular critique out there. Uh, As many have expected, this was going to be on the Game of the Year radar already. Now it's just one or two points behind Elden Ring on most review sites. It's probably going to be those two for that final title this year. Last year, we had um, It Takes Two, I think, won it at the Game Awards. A number of other shows out there that gave it to It Takes Two or a couple other games like Psychonauts 2 won quite a few of them. Um, We'll see what this one ends up being. Uh, unfortunately, Horizon Forbidden West is probably just going to get knocked out of the radar just because Elden Ring was so strong in February. Now, God of War very strong here in the later year for November. Uh, Both of them eligible for the award, so I think it'll be a two-horse race between those two. I would probably edge it a little bit toward Elden Ring because it feels like a giant, um, I mean, really a game of the generation. They really tested a bunch of things in that game that had never been done in games before, and I think that just pushes it forward just a tiny bit further. Uh, With that being said, I have not played God of War Ragnarok yet, it does sound like they've improved on some things like The Witcher 3 side quest with God of War kind of taking the crown of that now. That could be something that pushes it forward uh, over the line at the finish. We'll have to see what it ends up being at the end of the year. But I feel like most people look to Jeff Keighley show at this point with the Game Awards. That'll probably be the one to watch who wins that two-horse race. Last but not least, Sean, it was the climax of esports this past week, and that was the League of Legends World's Final, the biggest esport competition every single year. It beats out even stuff like the Super Bowl when it comes to viewership over in Asia, with the Asian region included, I should say, rather. Um, Overall, the only thing that doesn't beat it out is Champions League soccer. So it is kind of the second biggest sporting event of the year every year. Uh, This one was huge. Not only did it pull in massive numbers in North America, it obviously pulled in big numbers in Asia like we're alluding to. And part of that reason is because it's two Asian teams. Both of these two hailing from South Korea, a Chinese team not present this year. We had DRX, formerly known as DragonX. And then we had T1, formerly known as SKT1, who won a number of titles before. Uh, both these teams extremely strong. Uh, a lot of really cool stories with these rosters. Obviously, Faker being the winningest player in League of Legends history, making his way to yet another final. He feels like ageless at this point. John and I give us one year in our mechanic slowdown. Give Faker seven, and he's still playing at the top level of all of the competition. Uh, and then DRX, they have Deft for AD Carry. Deft has been a player who's been very emotional on stage many times when he gets eliminated. He's always just, it feels like one step away from making his way into that finals and then eventually winning. John, they ended up doing it this time. DRX took the win in a game five against T1 in one of the best World Series I remember.
0: Yeah, so remember last week when we were previewing this and talking about how, you know, If anyone is interested in eSports, this was the weekend to watch. This matchup is going to be absolutely insane. Hopefully it goes five games because it's going to be full of drama. It's going to be some of the best League of Legends we've seen. Well, guess what? It panned out. It literally was most likely, in most people's opinion, the best world finals we have ever seen in League of Legends. And I would argue in probably all of eSports. It was that freaking good. Um, it was intense like the energy was insane the crowd was amazing uh they were in uh what was it uh oracle arena where the um uh uh the golden state warriors play uh and it was packed it was loud people were bringing the energy the players uh the emotion was absolutely fantastic it was it was great uh to see the players' reactions afterwards yeah you feel bad for the i mean they, they, look. Like, just like traditional sports there's a lot of time and practice and 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 dedication to these games so when you make it to the pinnacle and you fail to reach the championship mark it it hurts and and we saw those emotions on display once again and and th- that's what brings that human aspect into something that's even a digital world like esports the way both of the teams Came together at the end, showed great sportsmanship. You could see that, you know, there is a relationship between all the players there, uh, regardless of what organization they're on. At the end of the day, it was a first class performance all around from the broadcast to the actual game uh, to just the human element of it. It was by far one of the best weekends for League of Legends eSports.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was phenomenal. And if you guys have never been to an eSports event live as well, unfortunately, John and I weren't able to make it out to this final, but we've been to a number of them live. And I would say these are up there with some of your biggest sporting events. Like a normal sporting game comes nowhere close to some of these eSport events. Now, if you go to like a playoff game, Like the Nats run to the playoffs was phenomenal. Uh, The Capitals run in the playoffs was phenomenal. So you're going to still get a lot of that energy in sports. But based on a normal game, even just a normal week game of esports compared to a normal week game of sports, I feel like esports, the passion and energy usually shows out a lot more. Now, maybe it's also because it's a younger audience, generally. Uh, That could be some of it, because younger equals more energy in some cases. Uh, But overall, the events are electric. If you guys have an esports event in your area, I highly recommend going to it. League of Legends, very good. Rocket League was fun. Halo was a lot of a good time as well. Uh, It's definitely fun to check these out. So whether you're into eSports or not, it's definitely worth checking out. Ticket prices are usually pretty reasonable too. So highly recommend getting out there, checking out this one in particular. uh, Would have been one for the record books and memory books if you had made it out there. It will be in the record books regardless if you made it or not. Uh, But it was definitely fun, super electric. I don't feel like any of these games were runaways either if I remember correctly. I think a lot of them were pretty back and forth. These Korean teams are usually very calculated. And then eventually you'll see like a big steal of an objective or a big turning point in a fight And then things will get a little wild as it continues to go on and back and forth, back and forth. Uh, And we did see plenty of that in this Best of Five series. We got Silver Scrapes to play. The casting was super on point. I think it was Captain Flowers, if I remember correctly, uh, doing a lot of the play-by-play. He was fantastic. And in the end, they did give us a very, very big game to remember for many years to come.
0: Yeah, the whole thing was just absolutely incredible. Again, shout out to... The casters, the production team, just everyone that put together that f- amazing, amazing event. And I second everything Joey said. If you have the opportunity to go to a live eSport event, definitely do it. Prices, like Joey said, very reasonable. Even if you want to splurge a little bit and go for like the VIP package, it's still not that expensive in comparison to going to a sporting event. Uh, so it's, it's definitely, definitely worth taking a look at and experiencing that crowd live. Uh, it's 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 a vibe it's really really cool
1: it's a vibe so ladies and gentlemen check out those esports events if they come near your area they're definitely worth checking out on top of that all these new games whether it be god of war ragnarok that halo infinite winter update maybe you're waiting to catch them all with pokemon in a couple weeks there are a lot of really cool games coming out as we near that holiday window as well as some great subscriptions playstation plus added some awesome new games today as well xbox game pass with a number of new additions and more to be announced next week too so much goodness going on in gaming right now uh hopefully the economy gives us a little bit more goodness to be able to afford some of these games and services as well uh, but for now i think that does bring us to the end of today's show john uh quite a bit we covered today and i'm excited to see you cover this closing you're excited am. to see me
0: do the closing okay joey that will do it for this edition of level up live but before you go head on over to twitch to sub to the channel i'm never gonna break that old habit joey it's been ingrained in my head for over 200 <laughs> episodes it's never never gonna happen uh make sure you follow the show live on twitch uh to catch the next episode of level up live if you listen to the show on our podcast feed please do leave us a review the level up podcast is available on spotify Stitcher, itunes and google play and pretty much anywhere else you can find a pod catcher that catches podcasts, we'll be there We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely,
1: Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is V L U P Live. In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media as well on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and over on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, this show live. Typically Thursday nights around 8 p.m. We do flex it to Wednesdays, sometimes flex it to 7 p.m. Keep an eye on Twitter to find those date changes. Again, Level Up, typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, but regardless of where you find us, we hope you have us for your latest gaming and esports news.
0: All right, make sure you tune in next week, hopefully back on Thursday nights. That'll be the 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern as we continue to cover the ladies and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level level up. up.